Welcome to Redemption Unscripted. On this podcast, you will hear unscripted conversation to help you know Jesus, grow in your relationship with Him, and go advance His kingdom. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to a special edition of the Unscripted Podcast. Today it's special because I have four pastors with me on the mics. This is going to be fun. This episode is actually coming out in October, which is Pastor Appreciation Month. So this is going to be a fun episode to get to know our pastors and have some discussion. So I'm going to go around the table, and I'm going to start with Austin McCann. And I want you to just uh, tell us what you do here. Like, what's your role as a pastor and how long you've been in ministry here at Redemption? Yeah, so I've been here, this is my 11th year, so this month. So 11 years. Uh my first full-time gig, so I really didn't do anything full-time ministry before this. So 11 years in, uh, and my current role is executive pastor, so I can mean a lot of different things, but really just keeping things moving, making sure systems are working, all the behind-the-scenes stuff, so it's fun. Do you enjoy your role as executive pastor? Oh, I'm, I'm all about it, man. I love the... <laughs> I don't need to be up front. Just give me a give me a <laughs> office and let me just do a bunch of details and... I love it. And so. you're fantastic. Yeah, you're doing a great job, man. Thanks. Yeah. All right. And then we also have Sean Maybe. Yeah. Hey, guys. So I'm an associate pastor here. And so I do family ministry, and that's working with youth, young adults, kids' zone. Also help out with community groups, so lead that. And But some would say my most important role is I am in charge of the thermostat. So it's a, it's a <laughs> which heavy led crown. Which his, his new title, which is? <laughs> don't do it all right? all right temp pastor some people call me the temp pastor but i i like to say i'm the king of the thermostat yes. so. what are you gonna do if a bunch of people walk up to you on sunday now and say something about the temperature what are you gonna say man well we're not sure if he'll be here on oh sunday. that's true yeah, yeah. 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 It's, it's only temporary yeah. so yeah. <laughs> the I, love, I love you guys a lot this is great. <laughs> are you gonna ask him if he likes his job no no i don't <laughs> I don't like this title. It's only temp for me. I did until they called me the temp. So how long have I been here? Well, so like a a year, I guess, a little over. We'll see how long. Well, Sean, how long have you been in ministry total? So about 10 years, something Mm -hmm. like that. So, uh, yeah, it's 2013. Yeah. Yeah, 10 years, a a little over a year here. Yeah. And doing great in all your various engagements with us, but community groups particularly are doing awesome like just up and up since you came. So you're doing fine before, but man, great work. Mm-hmm. And then next we have Jared Williams. Yes, sir. Uh, associate pastor, uh, official title. So overseeing kind of local global missions. Uh, do kind of said it a couple times from up front, but I'll do a lot of the counseling as well and then uh, get to be in the pulpit some as well. So I always laugh too, every one of our job descriptions. Also, every bullet point uh, has every Redemption Chapel job description has other duties as assigned. Oh, yeah. So percent. <laughs> there are plenty of other duties as assigned in that bucket, but those are the kind of three major buckets. That's a if-you-know-you-know you know thing when, with ministry in general. Well, you know? I was setting, I was setting up chairs for women's Bible that's study right. this morning. So that's, that's other duties as assigned. But yeah. dude, uh, I like how you just snuck in at the end. Uh, preaching, which you do a fair bit of our preaching, uh, the, uh, easily the most next to me, and, and uh, do a fantastic job. People, I know our congregation really appreciate your preaching and your counseling. I, I've never sat in your office for counseling, but I know people that have been really blessed. 
And then there's you. And then there's Rick me. McKee. All right on. <laughs> so I'm our lead pastor. Uh, what's that mean? So it means a, a couple of different things. I'm our primary teacher. Uh, I'm responsible for all the teaching at, at the end of the day. Uh, but then I, I also think of being a guardian for our church's heart and DNA, which means a whole bunch of things. But then, and, and then leading. Leading is in my title. So I'm focus, uh, I'm, I feel responsible to keep us focused in the present and then also prepared for the future. Uh, so it's kind of a grab bag of different things. Uh, but I love that I get to do it. And then I know your question coming, how long? So I've been in ministry for three decades. But uh, at Redemption Chapel, I had the privilege of launching it in uh, 2009 is when we started services. So I don't feel like doing math. <laughs> <laughs> Anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, I love working with you guys as pastors. You guys do a phenomenal job. And you're not just pastors, but we're friends. We have a great time working together. We've mm-hmm. got a great staff culture. We work hard. We play hard together. And so uh, we've also get to, got to know each other some. So I want to, you know, just take a moment to see how well do our pastors know each other? So I'm going to ask you a couple questions. The first question is, you know, well, I'm, I've already asked you all these questions, so I have the answers. So I'm going to give you the answers to the, these questions. The first question that I asked you is, what is your favorite restaurant? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a restaurant, and then I'll let you guys figure out okay, which one of you it? said all right. that. All right. Well, so it's like, like popcorn. We I just feel say like, it. I feel yeah, like yeah, we're yeah. on a weird okay. dating show. I know. Where's the theme song? Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and you don't want to, like, if you call out ours, it's like, me. Yeah. <laughs> me, that was me. Yeah. Oh, shut up. <laughs> yeah, so uh, the first one is called uh, River Merchant. That's a restaurant. I know who that is. Yeah. And, and who is it? Jared Williams. Yeah. Is that your is final it, answer? I would say, yeah. It's a Kent For thing. a second, yeah, I did I panic. See. I'm like, what did I say? <laughs> no, that's right. Yeah. What's that? That's like me. a lot of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've actually heard you talk about how much you like that before. So that's a good spot. Yeah. spot. We've, gone, a, we've gone there with yeah, you and Molly. Yeah. It's super good. I love River Merchants. I love fries, when the and nice. they got the classy fries. They call them frites. So that's Ooh. how you know. Yeah. Call them frites. You call them frites, you can charge more. Is that like a different language? I don't know. Do they look like normal fries? Yeah, they're fries. They just call them fancy. <laughs> I can't fathom that. So. Fried potatoes, man, at the end of the day. Yeah, and then, oh, here's one. I think this is going to be a really tough one. Chick-fil-A? Awesome. Got to be Austin McCann. Of course. Austin, what is this obsession with Chick-fil-A? Where, how far does it go back? Uh, it it actually probably started when I moved. I mean, it, there was Chick-fil-A's everywhere growing up in North Carolina, so I didn't, like, I didn't care for it as much back then than I do now. Really? When I moved to Ohio, it's just... They're just a little more spread out, so I got dedicated, and it was like a Friday every day off, go to Chick-fil-A, and no more. Got dedicated. Yeah. That is religious language. Oh, it's, yeah. it's, yes. yeah, it's We do idolatry. baby dedications. You did your Chick-fil-A dedication. <laughs> yeah. I understand. So, I mean, because yeah. it's, it's impressive. Like, the question was, what is your favorite restaurant? Not your favorite fast food. And for your oh, favorite restaurant, you went with a fast food place. I would choose Chick-fil-A over, like, any sit-down restaurant any wow. day. So. Anniversary dinners, you name it. Uh, hey, <laughs> they, got the, they got the waffle palm frites there. <laughs> <laughs> waffle frites. Austin, the people want to know, how many Chick-fil-A points do you have right now? <laughs> Why would you have to go? Oh, yes. This? Seriously, how many? So, uh, do you know this? Uh, no. Oh, this, oh, this, is, this good. is good. I have, have 8,200 right now. <laughs> Eighty-two hundred. Yeah. Some would say they were taken from people. I would say they were offered to me. Oh no 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 no! <laughs> and no. I was not aware of the full extent of what I was receiving. 
So Back to the religious language, it was an offering that you receive. <laughs> Alex Holtz runs next to our, our college 20-something ministry, did a huge, huge event, right? Ordered Chick-fil-A for it. There were receipts that went with it. So those points should go to, anyone want to answer this question? Those points would naturally go Gary, to... Gary, is that part of the question? Austin, go to Austin. <laughs> it's part of the executive pastor role. He hijacks the receipts, steals the points, but he, he's going to give... Alex is so I had much. a good follow-up talk with Alex, and we, we, we settled on some things. I'll, ta- I'll talk to Alex. And I knew your things. guilty conscience was going to kick <laughs> in. I knew it. I'm not giving them all up. Let's be honest. <laughs> it is ironic that you started like in Chick-fil-A like after you moved out of the South. True. Well, there were like I had like five of them within like 10 minutes of my house, so they're just not the same. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, cool. All right, next one. This is, uh, this is an interesting one. It's called Spice Delight. So, so we're down to two. Me, maybe. We're down to two. That's, that has to be. Well, it's either me or Ray. <laughs> no, it's not Ray. It's <laughs> yeah, it's Sean. That has to be you, right? Yeah, it's Sean. What it the, is Sean. It is what me. the heck is I mean, that? and I know my pride. I know, yeah. I, know like, I haven't gone, <laughs> yeah. so. Are we still going to vote on who's the last one? <laughs> yeah. So I, I just love Indian food. It's like my, it doesn't really, I mean, it could be Indian, any Indian restaurant. What's your dish, your go-to dish there? Uh, like, uh, uh Tiki Marsala with bacon. Yeah, I mean, whoa. Yeah, but I, I love it. One of my best friends growing up was Indian, and so his mom was always cooking, and like any Indian dish, the nice. bomb. So equal opportunity Indian food. Where is Spice Delight? To Monroe Falls. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's like two wow. minutes from your house. Yeah. Hmm. Monroe Falls is not big. I'm trying to think. It's new. It. Yeah. It's new. Oh, interesting. Okay. It's by the McDonald's. Right by Guy's Park. Oh, Apparently nice. this episode was brought to you by. <laughs> you know, we have an Indian couple that goes to our church, VJ and, and Mercy, mm-hmm. and they had us over one time and homemade Indian kola. It was phenomenal. You would have loved it, man. Yeah, I'm in. Hey, if anyone wants to. You're going to have to get to know them. <laughs> yeah. And then the last one's Outback. Anyone? Ooh, when, who would want to guess? Yeah. Gary Durbin. Yeah. I don't know. Really? Outback, Outback is nice. like your, your favorite. So here's the thing. Uh, yes, because I'll go there. I'll get a uh, their filet, uh, filet mignon, and I'll get the larger size mashed potatoes. I am so happy, and I love it. I've never had a bad steak. Now you can get a better steak, but. The price, like the law of diminishing returns yep, yep. kicks in. Like, so you're going to pay so much more, but it only yeah. goes up like a half a percent at best. So That's it's fair. better, sure. but marginally better. And it's so to get a really good steak, man, take me an outback. I'm happy. Oh, yeah. That's a good Alex. Solid That's choice. That's a good choice. Yeah. Where else can you get brown bread like that? Too? Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, That's a hard bread. Yeah. It's hearty. Actually, good. Cheesecake Factory has good brown bread. That's Oh. Cheesecake Factory is a good choice too. Yeah, yeah. That's no Chick Fil A, but you know. All right. Well, the next good cheesecake. Qu- <laughs> yeah. Well, the next question I have has to do with your love language. So we're gonna guess the pastor's love language. So I'm gonna throw out a love language. We'll see what you guys, if you guys can. Uh, nail this is where I, I hate that my memory just stinks because we've done this as a staff <laughs> before, <laughs> and I can't remember anyone's. But right. I, I think I'll it's in a it. file somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. All right. The first one is actually two of you. I was gonna say, yeah. There's no way we all have different one. Yeah. So two of you have words. <laughs> words of affirmation is two of you. So which two? I think it's Rick. gotta be. I think. It's, oh. I think it's Jared and Rick. Jared and Rick. Sean says Jared and Rick. I think, I think it's, it's Rick probably, and Austin. 
What'd you say? Rick and Austin. Rick and Austin. Oh, wait. yeah, it is Rick. And the, Austin. the answer is Rick and Austin. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Well, you can't guess yourself. I can't. I can't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe me. <laughs> I know it's Rick. Well, there it is. Yeah. So when you guys have a meeting, <laughs> a lot of words of affirmation. You're the best. You're the best. <laughs> no, no, you're we are. You back and forth. <laughs> Oh, that's, that's good. Funny. So to be clear, for me, like it's got to be, it's got to be thoughtful though, because sometimes when you hear somebody's words of affirmation, it's like, "Hey, great job, man." Yeah, yeah, sure. You know, it's it's like a flyby, you know, mm-hmm. and but but when I feel like somebody actually sees what I go through and affirms, so be, to be seen and affirmed. Uh, sometimes we talk about being known and loved. You know, it's the same thing. So uh, that's that's important to me. Right. Yeah, I would agree. Same yeah. thing with no, you. I'd agree. I think, yeah. And I think mine sometimes, depending on who the person is, it carries more weight. So if it's someone that I, I look up to or someone that has, like, an inf- if they're an influence in my life, that's going to mean more than, like, I mean, I love it if someone in the church is like, hey, good job doing that. But we've never talked before. Like, it just doesn't have the mm-hmm. same, which is fine. But, yeah, if it's someone, like, meaningful in my life, it means a lot. So. Yeah. And you and- get emotional. I do. Should I test drive it? Right? No. Really? no. <laughs> I'm emo- I get emotional. He does. Yeah. Yeah. Austin. Yep. When I encourage you, you don't get emotional. What does that mean? <laughs> Figuring that he out. Said it's going to be <laughs> Why is everything on this podcast turning against me? Sean, <laughs> it's it, my fault. Sorry, it guys. means you're temp pastor. <laughs> well, let's yeah. all go around and let's go around and just tell Austin how much he's impacted us. We, let's not do that. No, we can move on. We can move on. So. Okay, that or we all hug you. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. Yeah, my least favorite. Like, well, he would just touch. Get away from me. <laughs> so the, the next two answers are physical touch and gift giving well and it's one person or two is this no, no there's, there's two people uh, left oh, so can't come down to one. Sean. i see what you're saying yeah so i think jared is gifts if i, I was, remember I like i've heard him correctly that, yeah, yeah but only you two can guess because we have the process of elimination yeah i don't know jared likes hugs you know <laughs> likes hugging austin well, I, I don't think that means it's his load. I think he just likes to get under my skin and do something like that to me. I know, I know you and Molly give gifts a lot. And the only thing that throws me off is that Molly, not you, that I'm confusing. But I, I think it's you. I'm going to go Sean. I, just can't, to, I can't say for sure that is Molly, the one giving gifts. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go Sean. Sean for? Which the, one? Oh, the gift giving. Yeah. Gift giving? Okay. The answer, you, you're, you're wrong, Austin, but I still love you, and I think you're <laughs> thank great. You. You're still very smart, and you're <laughs> thank very you for, Thank you for throwing that in there, <laughs> Gary. I appreciate it. But since you're sitting next to Sean, you can Sean, give him a hug. Yeah. Sean could use a hug. I'm, I'm good. Yeah. All right. You're great. Next time, rain you're check. Great. Rain check. So just to review, we have Rick and Austin, words of affirmation. Jared wants a gift card, and Sean wants a hug. I'll take a hug. It's funny, the one exception, though. And I, I learned this quickly is my wife, because yeah. she get, she gives great gifts. It's not anything yeah. her. But then when I when we I love receive like love languages receiving gifts. Yeah. But then when we got married, I'm buying a gift out of our budget, so it, it feels like I'm just purchasing something, and so it's it's different. different. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. It, it my wife buys a gift out of our finances. So, <laughs> That's so for her, it's, it's acts of service. <laughs> it's the complication there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's nuanced. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, like I said, we appreciate you all as pastors. You guys are an encouragement and a blessing to our church continually. But I, I think at times I've heard that pastors do get criticized hmm. every once in a while. So here's my next question to you all. 
think of a time where you may have gotten some criticism. And, and when I say criticism, I think there's sometimes you need to, I would say pretty much always you want to listen to criticism because you're, you're going to get criticized. Sometimes the criticism is valid and it helps you. That's constructive. Sometimes the criticism is dumb. And no. And, and maybe it's funny even, you know, at times when you look back on it. So, it's, so, so think of a time where you got criticized where it bothered you, but you didn't really lose sleep over it. So pretty much anything to do with COVID mm. from both sides. Like, like that's, that's the easy answer. That's not my real answer there. But, but like, I mean, right. I mean, during COVID, like it just came from all directions and it was just a brutal time. But yeah, people aren't gracious in that time. You're like, hey, I didn't take a class in seminary on how to handle a nope. pandemic. Can you just give me a little grace, please? Yeah. <laughs> and again, it came from both sides uh, yeah, sure. uh, on that one. And it was, and it got, there were times where it got silly. It, I mean, guys, we walked through it together, right? I mean, there were times oh, where yeah. it was just silly. Yeah. I would imagine every pastor was batting a thousand during that time. Like every pastor got criticized during COVID because... You just had to make decisions that were not always... Oh, and it was popular. always half and half. Like, you made yeah. a decision, some people loved it, so many people hated it. So it was like, ah, oh, it's a lose-lose. I almost yeah. have a rule of thumb, and it's... The goal is not to be not criticized. If I am if I get equal criticism on either ends of the spectrum, I'm probably getting close, yeah. you know? Yeah. I'm looking for the, the same amount of criticism from opposite ends, and then I'm probably getting there. Yeah, yeah. All right, so Rick says COVID. Well, I said it was anything COVID. My, my, so I'll give you one... Uh, we went through a very interesting uh, experience with a couple that used to go to our church, and they unfortunately got into a really unhealthy spot in life, and their kids were slated to go on mission trips with us. They yanked them at the last minute, which means we had expenses, and usually we don't refund when you yank them that close to the trip, but everything was so touchy with them. We said, you know what? Go ahead. Let's give them their money back. Send them, and I think it was a $500 check, send it to them. Uh, and, and so the, the criticism <laughs> we got on that was they, they sent us a picture of the check on which uh, I will not read every word <clears throat> on the check, but uh, they said, we are calling the mission agency and exposing your effing profit scam, refund of redemption profit Try again, a-hole. <clears throat> now, I hyphenated some things they did not. And, and so uh, that's, um, yeah. So they, if that gives you a little peek behind the curtain, that happens. Yep, it happens. And that's one where you just got to kind of water off a duck's back and go, hey, you know what? We actually did nothing wrong here. We tried to go above and beyond, and this is what we got. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. What about you guys? Yeah. Yeah, I think I was... I was Debating a few of them, and uh, the one that I landed on, I was thinking about was uh, it was recently. So we uh, we do a men's conference every year, uh, and you know oh, which, yes. you know where I'm going with this. Yes. So we do a men, we've done a couple of years, and it's if you've been to our men's conference, if you're a dude out there listening, you know like it's a ton of fun. It's also you know great worship, great teaching. Men are challenged, but we want to have fun. So there's a lot of fun things to do, and so we. You know, we promote that, like, we're going to have some different things, axe throwing, casino tables, no gambling, calm down, but uh, just fun stuff like that, and someone emailed us and complained that it was it was too much fun, um, and that we were basically bringing people in to do 
things like gambling that we shouldn't do and just too much fun. So we we shouldn't have fun at the men's conference is what they told us basically. Was that did they actually say too much fun or Yeah, I think their phrase I don't remember exactly it was like what you're you're basically having a bunch of fun and games and getting a bunch of guys there. Yeah. So, and and we was shouldn't a, was do it that. email or yeah, was it, was it email. A, a social email. media? I don't but it was a long ranting. Yeah. Just unhinged in some ways. Yeah. So you get an email like that or a message like how do you handle that? Like what do you what do you what do you do? How, what do you say? I think you sent it to me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a level of you laugh at it at first. I mean, granted, I mean, I, I think it's always good to try to respond. So, I mean, your response and you give a little bit of heart on why we do what we do. But granted, that person didn't like it enough that even my response didn't matter. So that's it's a response, let them know. And then after that, it's we're not wasting much yeah, more time. Yeah, because you don't want to get in like... Yeah, we're not debating the argument yeah. that doesn't, it's not constructive. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things, kind of big picture, you got to gauge at times is, is it constructive? Is it something that's even coming a little bit tentative and humble and, hey, this didn't settle right, right with me? Can we talk about this? And when they come in like that, that legitimizes a favorable response. But then when they come in hard, fast, like haughty, really, really kind of pissy, like, well, then the way they have approached it really kind of dictates, even if you go back kind, yeah. it's still not going to go well, more often than not. Yeah. We, we got to do our, our job well as pastors anyway, but kind of the die is cast. Yeah. yeah. Well, and some of it, I was going to say, it matters who it's coming from, right? Like, is it somebody mm-hmm. in our congregation? And sometimes we get emails like that, and it's people who just stumbled across our website or event and... I mean, you, you respond to that a little differently, oh, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Some of it's just somebody that doesn't go here. They saw something online, and that's very different. And that was the case yeah. on this one. Mm. What about you two? So for the one I always think about is uh, when I was pastoring in Illinois, I think I preached one Sunday, and as part of it, we're going through Timothy, and it's talking about like living peaceful and quiet lives, praying for the government. And I think Biden had just been elected. And I was like, hey, we got to pray for our president. We got to pray for our politicians, whether you voted for him or not. How dare you? I know. I was pretty jacked up. Um, and so we had like, I think one or two families leave the church because I asked, because <laughs> I asked people. That right pray. when you said it? Was it, was it a stand <laughs> Dude, he, up and walk out? Walked, We're not going to walk out. Oh, really? Oh, really? Oh, oh was at the man. end of my sermon. And I was like, it's one of those where you're like, Oh, yeah. Like, you know when you actually make somebody mad from something you said from the pulpit. You just tell yourself, surely he's just going to the bathroom. Yeah, I'm sure he'll be there. He's, he's come been back. in there a while, yeah. <laughs> so there's a lot of that. I, like, even that, that family, they called me a socialist because of some of it. And I was like, I don't, I don't, know, if you, I, I don't know if you know what that means, but that's all right. Uh, but it means, it pra- it means it, praying for the president. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some of it helps when it's like, it doesn't make sense logically where it's going, but yeah, I was... That's part of that COVID stuff too. Yeah, the, the that season of it. Yeah, hmm. yeah, that was very pre-COVID too. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Well, it's funny. This wasn't necessarily directly at me, but just to give an idea of some of the stuff people push back on a church. It was actually the church I was at uh, before this, and it, uh, we got a check in in an offering plate, but the check was very clear what the check was to go to. And they wrote on the check, you know, here's the amount, and this is for you to buy more American flags and place them in the sanctuary. Like, and so it was told to do that. Buy more or buy... No, no, yeah, actually, correction, yeah. More as in to go from upwards of zero. So so how many flags do you buy? (laughs) That, yeah, 
it was one of those that a check was returned. It doesn't work that way, and I'm not making a big political stance <laughs> if you're patriotic or not. But it's, yeah, it was just one of those. They were wow. mandating with their checkbook that we are to buy American flags and so place them in the sanctuary. So did you have to like call them, or how did that play out? I think they just returned the check. Like we just, yeah, you can't dictate that, and we're not right. gonna. Yeah, we do don't. That. We don't do designated giving at our church for that reason, because then... I think they wrote the same stuff they wrote on Rick's check and just wrote it back. That's <laughs> what American flag will Try again. Oh, I'll leave it alone. Well, obviously, as a leader, as a pastor, you're going to get criticized from time to time. I would venture to say if you're doing it right, you're going to get criticized at times. Uh, but... There's also a joy in what you do. Absolutely. To, to be a leader, to be a pastor of the church. So I want to go around and hear your answers of the question of what, you know, we appreciate you all, but what do you appreciate about being a pastor? Yeah, I think for me, like, especially in my role now, like I, um, a lot of the stuff I do is is behind the scenes, it's systems, it's planning or whatever, just things like that. But it's it's really encouraging to see a system or something that's been put in place play out well, but then play out well to the point that there's people actually connecting with God because of a system that was set up. So like as easy as, I mean, you know, it's silly. Like there's things we have our deacons do on Sundays to make our Sunday morning a distraction-free, comfortable experience. And that's been years of systems and getting it ready. And to, to be able to see people come into a building that there's not distractions and they can connect with God. So yeah, so I don't I don't see a lot of the direct stuff just because of my role, which is totally fine. But it's it's fun to see the dominoes of those systems fall and then see people actually encounter God through it. It's mm-hmm. encouraging. Yeah, and brother, I'll jump on that. This is not my answer, but but to connect what you just said to what you do, Gary, like there's there's worship nights hmm. we're all just standing in awe of just a job well done. Now, we're standing in awe, let's be honest, caveat, caveat, caveat. We're standing in awe of Jesus. We're giving glory to God. We love Him. <clears throat> but I, when I go to a restaurant and it's well-run, I appreciate that. When I go to an amusement park and it's well-run, I appreciate that. And so to go to a work, and sometimes I'm like, man, hmm. this is just awesome. And, and I often feel it, Gary, kudos to you and your team uh, at worship nights. And this is awesome, and yet it's in worship of our Lord. And I like that. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I'm with you, brother. I feel that. Mm-hmm. I think for me, like one of the reasons I, I feel like I've lasted ministry to this far, even though it's hard and there can be discouraging seasons, is the moments where you're pouring into people, you're, you're walking through what the Bible says and what it, what it looks like to follow Jesus, and seeing a person take that next step of faith. And whether that's, hey, their, their marriage is more in line to what God's called them to, they're surrendering more of their lives to Jesus, like that's what... I mean, you guys know my personality. I'm so even keel. Like, that's what pumps me up and actually, like, gets me excited. And I'm like, all right, like, man, this is worth doing because people's lives are actually being transformed. They're experiencing the goodness of Jesus. There's there's hope. And it's one of the, like, reasons I love the community, as- uh, community group aspect of my job because it's, like, in those shared life, pursuing Jesus together, that's what happens. People are, you know, surrounding more of their lives to him and beginning to live for him more. So that's that's what pumps me up. And dude, in those moments, you get so pumped up, you almost smile. I know. You, 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 you see, get like, so close. I was like, oh man, I'm actually, my, my voice is starting to like raise yeah. to a normal. Calm down there. I Jeez. Yeah. My, Wait, my can we check the, the levels on this mic? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It's a huge strength, man. You're stable. You are stable. 
Yeah, I mean, in some ways it's hard to not just go with the obvious of just having a front row seat of like watching God move in people's lives. And so, yeah, as I think about that question, I I guess other than some of that, you know, I, I'm trying to think of a little bit of a unique aspect. And again, it's kind of interesting to see how it all ties into our specific jobs too. But there's something special about man and people's brokenness. And so even times like, you know, as a pastor, you'll be there as somebody's passing away, you know, at a hospital bed or something. And and not even just that, you know, woundedness in general. But there, I don't know, there's something that is such a privilege, like when people just kind of welcome you into that kind of sacred space and some of the deepest kind of places of who they are and to, to be able to... I mean, obviously, in all humility, enter that space and try to speak truth and speak the gospel over people. I mean, it, it is a wild thing to to be a part of and to to be welcomed into that sacred space. And yeah, hopefully doing that kind of covered in Christ and kind of allowing the Spirit to move. But it really is a privilege. Mm. Yeah. And my answer would be very similar to that. It, it, it's impact, life change. But really lived out over a decade or more. So some of the uh, greatest stuff I've ever seen, like that, that thing where somebody says, hey, great sermon. Okay, they're, they're probably just being nice, okay? But, but when they come back like a year later or whatever and say, by the way, that sermon you preached, holy crap, that thing impacted. And, and what is going on in my life today a year later? Or sometimes I, I've had the privilege. And, and again, all, I know all four of us pastors would say all glory to God. I mean, God takes his eye off of us and we're dead. So all glory to God. But when, I, when I've gotten a letter where somebody has said, I, I, you know, I've been going to your church for 10 years now and I've never, I, I'm 50 years old, I've never grown like this before and, and my marriage is different and I'm walking with Jesus and I'm learning this and I'm getting in men's study, whatever. Like there's just deep persistent, lasting life change that is significant sanctification. Uh, that, that is, when I, when I see that, uh, that's, what, that's what, and sometimes it's the redemption story videos. I love the baptisms. The baptisms are awesome, but sometimes that's at the front end. Usually when we're doing a redemption story, I should say, usually when Gary is doing a redemption story video, uh, that's usually kind of well down the path of looking at a life of impact and change and so that that's really what pumps me up mm. yeah, i remember somebody saying that like and i want to gauge off that spiritual fruit right because mm-hmm. hey man a worship night can be entertaining mm-hmm. it is entertaining you guys are great musicians but yeah. but i don't want to gauge off that like who cares if you know i, I actually somebody said it to me sunday and they were joking with me like hey good speech you know after mm-hmm. a sermon you know and it <laughs> well and they were joking and who cares right good speech but man not just entertainment or, but man, that spiritual fruit. When somebody comes back and says, man, my marriage was falling apart and now we're healing or we were, you know, separate now we're together, mm-hmm. like life change. Mm-hmm. Man, that's the stuff that matters. And I'm just excited to watch. And that's and when you're at a funeral, I mean, that, that's what you're, you, it's the same thing. So you're, you're kind of at the end. I mean, it's, it's the, the book just closed and, and you're looking back over chapters and chapters and chapters of life change and impact. Yeah, my funerals aren't much entertainment fruit. They're not that funny, though. <laughs> yeah. What I what I appreciate in listening to your answers is it it really comes back to loving people mm-hmm. and shepherding, and not just being in front of a crowd or leading a crowd, but actually individuals 
caring about people's growth and their just their hearts and what's going on. So yeah, grateful for that and the way you guys lead. And, uh, you know, as we close out this episode, I kind of want to turn to Rick as our lead pastor. You know, not only do you lead our church, our staff, but you lead the pastoral team as well. Mm -hmm. And so grateful for how you lead in a very, very well way. So um, uh, just as we close out, do you have any closing thoughts? Sure. Well, I only had one until you said that, so now I've got two. The first, the first one is this: uh, leading this team is easy. I mean, it's hard in some ways. There's spiritual battle. There's no doubt about it. But, but this team is so stinking awesome. Uh, yeah, you 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 give me a championship team, and I don't have to coach much. You know, uh, a team full of champions, and and so especially being uh, among these three pastors right here, working alongside them is just a joy. Great guys, I love you guys. I, I respect you guys. Um, I want to honor you guys. Like I, I know I could, um, any one of you guys could be pastoring your own church out there somewhere, and uh, and yet God has called us together as a team. And then it's not just the four of us, but the greater redemption staff team. We got TJ in the room producing, and uh, we've got an incredible team. So uh, when you have a great team, it makes leading a church pretty easy. So grateful to the team. Uh, the, the thought I had in mind uh, when you were uh, first asking the question, Gary, is uh, th- this is more for the congregation. Um, when we think about uh, loving and honoring and helping our pastors, I, I, just one kind of practical note, I'd say uh, don't try to connect with us on Sunday. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing, but... but uh, because you you noted that our hearts are for our people. We do love our people. We want to help our people. And uh, for a lot of our people, if they've got, oh, I need to talk to Pastor Jared about this, or I need to connect with Pastor Sean about that, or whatever. And and so, oh, I know. I'll catch them on Sunday. And in their minds, if I walk a mile in their shoe, I, shoes, I totally get it. It's two birds, one stone. I'm going to worship, and I'll catch Pastor Austin and talk to him about it. And I get it. From our side of the table, man, Sunday is the worst time to connect with me. I don't know if it's, I guess it's similar for you guys, maybe, but we have so many things going on. If nobody talks to us, it's already a challenging morning. And then things are happening. And, and so uh, what I want is I want to help our people. I want to give them our attention, give them the help they need. And I realize Sunday is one of the worst times. So to call during the week, to send an email, to set up an appointment throughout the week is probably a much more effective way to get them the help they want and they need. And we want to get to them because we love them. Mm -hmm. But uh, Sundays are a less effective time for connecting with a pastor. Now, our roles are a little bit different. I know some of you have more flexibility on a a Sunday morning than I, I do, but you guys feel that as well? I think it depends on the Sunday, but yeah, yeah. yeah. It just depends on what's going on, what the responsibilities are. There's some Sundays where I'm like, yeah, let's like, if you, it's always better if you set up a meeting ahead of time, right? <laughs> but, but yeah, just depends. Yeah, and I think it's it's a matter of like, <clears throat> it's so it's expectation of like, yeah, you connect with us, but um, like I, I can't have like a 20-minute session with you like I could during the week if you call in. So 100%. some of that is where it's, you don't, I almost feel bad at times because you're like, you're not trying to be like, no, I can't talk to you. It's just, I can't talk to you for 20 minutes like I could during the week if we set up a meeting. So, well, and that's the thing that 20 minutes is a great, great thing because what they'll say, hey, hey, I need, but honestly, I just need two minutes. 
and I multiply by 10 because mm-hmm. it will not be two yeah. minutes. It will be 20 minutes. And I know I don't have 20 minutes right now, but I don't want to be the jerk pastor that I'm totally. too important for you. Like that sucks. I don't want to be that guy. And mm-hmm. so, but I want to get them the help and I know I'm strapped. Like you, do you feel it? You, or you have more flex depending on the morning, right? Yeah. I, and that's what I'd say, Sean. Yeah. A lot of it depends on the morning, you know? I mean, sometimes there's great conversations, but yeah, if like, if I need to walk, you know, if I'm about to preach in two minutes or need to go up front, then it's like, oh, I feel bad. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's a weird pinch point, but yeah. But that, like you said, that's where people are at and that's where you end up seeing them. And so it's, it's a tough thing. Yeah. Well, I think one hard part too is as our congregation keeps growing, mm-hmm. yeah. there's so like, and one thing, and we've, I think we've all done this well, like we try not to be the pastors that are like, we're going to be in a green room during in between, mm-hmm. like we're out in the atrium, we're mingling. Yep. So there is a level, like we put ourselves in that spot, but because there's, you know, so many people coming, it's like we want to somewhat connect with everyone in the sense of, you know, how are you doing? Good morning. But, you know, if you talk to one person for 30 minutes, all that goes out the window. So somebody just being available to, for the broader congregation. Yeah, it's good. So anyway, that, that's what was on my mind, Gary, as far yeah. as just if we're talking about uh, pastoral roles and how it connects with our congregation, there's one coaching tip. Yeah. Well, you all lead and pastor in a, a large church too and kind of some of the things you were talking talking about are indicators of that too because you just have less time with more people and that's just the way things go so I want to say thanks for the way you all lead and I, I think I can speak on behalf of our congregation too as a worship leader and as a congregant to say that we appreciate you all thank you and keep going you know keep going at what you do. And we appreciate all who are listening to this podcast. Uh, may we keep honoring and thanking our pastors in October and every other month of the year. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with others. To catch the latest episode, be sure to subscribe and follow us. For more resources like this, visit our website at www.redemptionchapel.com grow. We hope you join us next time on Redemption Unscripted.